Yeah. <laughs> it can event. Yeah. I'm in the search for peace at least and a better spot to settle. My brother said the Americans have Hey everybody, welcome to the show Community Spread. I'm your host Kevin Lundell. On the pod today, we have Amir Jackson. And it was certainly my pleasure to get to have this conversation with Amir. He is smart and insightful, philosophical. I think you're going to learn a lot from him and in a different way than we've learned from a lot of other community activists. But Amir is a really prominent member of our community here in the Ogden area. He's done a lot of important things. He gave a TEDx talk at TEDx Ogden. Go check that out. He was the president of the NAACP Weber State University chapter. He also runs an incredible nonprofit that you're going to get to hear about called Nurture the Creative Mind. And you're going to get to hear about the reasons why he runs this nonprofit and, and what it means to him and how he became a person at the person that was passionate about the arts and how it, it helped him in his life and how it can help us in our lives. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Amir Jackson. And this brings us to the point in the podcast where I tell you a little bit about what I've been thinking about or what I've been learning about. I've been spending a lot of time reflecting on some of the conversations that we've had here on Community Spread. There's been so many really important ones. We've covered topics of race, homelessness, LGBTQ issues. We've talked about police violence with a, a number of different people. And I have really been reflecting on that conversation I had with Ruby Mercado. And her brother was shot and killed by police here in Ogden. And I just this week listened to a podcast called The Breakdown. And you guys should go over and check it out. And it talked about this pilot program that has been going on in Denver, Colorado. And they ran a six-month pilot, pilot program where all of the 911 calls, well, a certain number of 911 calls were redirected to a special team known as STAR. And this special team was not police. They were first responders with special training uh, in substance abuse, homelessness, mental health. And during the six months, as they responded to uh, over 700 calls, 748 calls, they had a perfect record. That means during all of these 748 calls, many of which were, were for people who were having thoughts of suicide, people who just needed well checks on a loved one, reports of a strange person in the area. We all know those reports can be uh, very racially profiled. People just think someone is not supposed to be in the area and that, that can be definitely a, a racially charged situation. We've had other like public intoxication. During all of these calls, not a single person was arrested. The police were never called. There were no tickets given. No one got a criminal record. No one went to jail. And most importantly, no one died. Even in those 48 calls of people experiencing suicidality, we know in those situations, sometimes people show up, the police show up, and the police end up killing a person in that situation. This is really important. I remember in that conversation with Ruby, we talked a lot about there's got to be a better way. We have got to start thinking outside the box and figure out ways in which we can police our community in a safer manner. And it turns out in this case, it means not involving the police in a certain percentage 
of your calls. Now they had very specific guidelines about which calls went to who and where, and that's really smart. And this is something that we should be starting and we should be looking at as we start to see more and more data come in that these programs work. We can then start to apply them in our city. Why can't Ogden be in the forefront of policing? We got a new police chief here in Ogden and why can't he be forward thinking? Why can't our city council start to get behind some of these really important ideas that we're seeing work in other areas? Eugene, Oregon has been running a program like this for a generation. They take nearly 20% of the calls there. And what they didn't know is if this would work on a big, large scale in a bigger city, but we're starting to see some evidence of that in Denver. So thinking outside of the box, helping our community be safe. We cannot thrive in a community if we don't feel safe. And that includes being safe from the police. For a lot of our people in our community, people of color in our community here in Ogden, they do not feel comfortable calling the police. What if somebody else was able to respond to those calls in a way that would be really important? I think Ogden can be forward thinking on this. For a safe, thriving community, we can have more space for programs like Amir's. And we can be a thriving community that comes together and grows stronger together. And that's what I want to see. That's what I'm learning. And that's what I've learned from many of these conversations here on Community Spread. So with those thoughts, our conversation with Amir Jackson. Look how far we don't came, we made it to the slip to surprise. Though the prophecy says we all been to a brass. Spread the word, let it be known the heaven set to surround. Hey everybody, we've got Amir Jackson on the pod today. Amir, how's it going? Good. It's good to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, so tell the listeners a little bit about the organization you run called Nurture a Creative Mind. Or the creative um, mind. Oh man, I probably messed it up right off the bat. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good, man. Um, yeah, it's it nurture the creative mind. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization within the city of Ogden. Um, we've been around for about fourteen years. In that time period, we've worked with more than twenty thousand young people within the city and throughout the state. And our focus is to empower young people, help them develop some type of self value, self worth through the exploration of creativity and artistic expression. So what that means is a lot of different things. We have classes that are painting classes, creative writing classes. We have a recording studio. Uh, if a lot of people are familiar with the Street Piano Project, our, our organization manages that. We manage events. Oh, yeah. So like it's, it, we, we, we do quite a bit. And we, we try to make sure that we are focused on tangible outcomes and marketable skills. So that's a little bit about Nurture the Creative Mind. Man, incredible. 14 years you've been at that. Is, is, this a, is that your full-time gig or is that passion yeah. project on the side? Tell, what? So it is my, well, you know, it is now my full-time gig. It didn't become so until about five years ago. For the first nine years, well, the breakdown really is for the first three, four years, I funded it out of my own pocket, you know, like um, completely. And then I established it as a 501c3, was able to get some donations and support through, you know, having a nonprofit organization, an established nonprofit. And then it took another, you know, four or five years 
for us to build up our organization and our connections in the community enough to sustain a salary. So I've been a full-time focused director of Nurture the Creative Mind for about five years. Man, that's that's awesome. So, I mean, how what how did you maintain that that over those five years? I mean, 14 years is a long time, but those five years pouring your own money into it. And what were the things that made you want to keep going? And I mean, it sounds like you've impacted tons and tons of kids um, through this process. What were the, what were the things that made you want to keep going? That's a great question. I think that, you know, for me, there's a difference between doing something and being something. And like, I found my purpose in life. And so like, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, if nurture the creative mind, like through this pandemic, you know, I've had a, a come to Jesus moment like a lot of people did. Um, I didn't necessarily know what was going to happen so far as the funding is concerned when it came to Nurture the Creative Mind. I didn't know if we were going to exist through or even past, right, uh, 2020. I had a moment where of realization like it didn't matter at all because if I didn't have a, a dollar in my pocket and I had to work at Home Depot, I would still be doing what I'm doing just on a smaller scale. And so like, it's, it's, it was just, it, it, there's a realization that it was, it was a purpose, you know? So I don't really clock in or clock out, right? Like this is just who I am. Um, it's just like being like a father is, you know, I don't clock in or clock out of being a father um, and you don't have to pay me to do it. And so it, it's, it's the same with the organization. Like this is my baby. And so, and it, it's my purpose, it's my baby. And so it was really kind of easy to do those things and make those sacrifices early on and continue to make sacrifices even through our 14th year, because I don't look at it as an occupation, a career or a job. It's, it's a purpose. Yeah, man. I mean, you have to have that why behind, your, behind the drive if you're going to keep it going and keep doing what you've done. And, you know, coming into the pandemic and not knowing what's happening, I can't imagine like, I mean, as a business owner myself. I know the anxiety behind what that means, but uh, also uh, being able to get over that and, and overcome it's pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. It was, um, I'll be, you know, just being forthright and, and, and open and honest. Uh, March and April were really hard months for me. It was the uncertainty for a lot of people, but what I felt like I was losing was like, I literally felt like my purpose was being stripped away from me. It wasn't just like losing a business, right? It wasn't just oh, like losing man. a job, right? Like it was, it was, it was like losing your soul, right? And so there was, you know, like I, I would imagine not, you know, I, I can't really, you know, I can't really say this because I've never experienced it. But I would imagine it's like if you are a boxer, right, and you get in a car accident and your arms have to be amputated. Right. Like it's you, you go through some things and um, you have some challenges and you have to, I would imagine you would have to start questioning, you know, yourself and your purpose in life and et cetera, et cetera. And so I went through a really hard time. Thankfully, you know, um, you know, I have really good people around me, people in the community, uh, friends, people within the house, my, 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 my girlfriend who help stabilize me, you know, and, 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 and through that process. And also I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, a spiritual person. Like I prayed a lot, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
Uh, and, and me and the guy, we had some conversations. He was like, oh, yeah, I haven't talked to you in a minute. It's good to, it's good to talk to you. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of all of that, brother. So I, I, I certainly understand what you were going through. Mm. And, what, and, and, and to be honest with you, that realization helps me empathize what other people are experiencing, right? For sure. Like, we're all in a hard space, man. And, and um, so you start to think about yourself, but then when, you're, when, when you think about yourself, you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. You know, like there's so yeah. many more. Yeah, we had on the podcast a, uh, a guy by the name of Jake Haywood, and he uh, was a musical theater major, super, you know, using his voice was everything. And when you said losing a part of your soul, he got COVID and spent five, uh, five days in the hospital and really, you know, didn't during those times had no idea about his lungs and his capacity to, to sing later. And, sure. but I think that yet, like you went through the same thing, you know, and that's what really brought to my mind. And, and there's a lot of people going through that stuff right now. Tell me, Amir, what is it? What tell me, I want to know about Amir. I want to know about what it is about you that made it so, you know, your life history that made it so you wanted to get in and, and help the individual person. I mean, that's what it seems like Nurture the Creative Mind is about, is helping, finding a person that needs support, um, giving them direction in, in that and helping them thrive. So what, there's got to be something behind, I want to know about the man behind the awesome organization. Thank you for acknowledging that our organization and, you know, myself as like that we value the individual. There's a, a training manual that we have that's kind of like an onboarding for anybody that wants to volunteer. One of the, the, uh, the tenets in that, that everybody has to understand is the value of the one student. That means that if we have a class, I'm not, the value of our organization isn't based on how many students are in a class. If there's one student that's willing to come to a project or a workshop, we will treat that student as if they are the most valuable person in that workshop, as if it is the most valuable workshop that our program has hosted. It's, it's, it, it doesn't matter if there's 20 kids or there's one. There's as much value in that one as there would be if there's 20. I appreciate you recognizing that. And I think that to answer your question, where does that come from? You know, my, my life was a really, it was interesting. My, my mother and father were married um, for a short period of time, divorced. My mother remarried a man. Where, where did you grow up? Where, where, did you, where did you grow up? In Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Okay. Yeah. And so my mother remarried a man that would become my stepfather and my brother and sister's father. And he never accepted me. He, 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 he treated me poorly. And one day he decided to like physically abuse me. Like he, he beat me like I was a grown man. And so I moved, my mother moved me out the house to live with my, um, my, my grandmother on my father's side. And it was during that time that I started to like write. I would start, I started to write what would, other people would call poetry, but I was just writing down like thoughts and feelings and- And like, how old were you at this point? I, I was like 12 years old, yeah, about 12 years old. And um, wow. my aunt was living with my grandmother at the time as well. And she saw one of these 
you know, these this this writing on a piece of paper. And she was like, you know, where is this coming from? And I was just being cool about it, right? Because, you know, I'm not trying to really talk about my feelings and whatever, <laughs> you know, that stuff. So For I was sure. being cool about it. And, and, and she was like, she didn't press me on it. She just told me to continue writing. And the more I wrote, the more positive interactions I had, the more positive feedback I got, the more positive reinforcement um, I received from her. And um, that was a real turning point in my life. Like it was um, a, a really dark moment um, for me. I was going through a lot. Um, I felt as if my mother to some degree, and my mother and I have a great relationship and I, and I understand things now as an adult that I didn't understand now, or I didn't understand then, but at the time I, I, I felt like I was being given up, right? And that somebody was, I was being not discarded, but someone was being chosen over me, right? That's the way I felt. My aunt stepped in and what she did is the very thing that I think is so very important. Like she saw me, she like saw my value and she um, expressed that. Amir, this is good, keep writing. And because she said something to me that was just that simple, Amir, this is good, keep writing. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, just trying to tap into that 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 vein of 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 um, fresh air, right? Like, um, and and so I did that over and over and over again. And then when I became when I got old enough to reciprocate that and be that person for other people or be that person for other young people, um, it wasn't really as much of a decision as it was a calling. Like, I just felt like this is what I was supposed to do. And so I did it and I've continued to do it. Um, and th th I mean, that's really just the, the basic story. At what point did you, did you move to Utah? How did you end up uh, in Utah? Was that the move with your aunt? No. So the Utah move came about um, because of the military. So I was in the, um, the Air Force. And so, you know, like that was my station. Um, that was my first duty station was Hill Air Force Base. Um, and I served, you know, my, my, um, my time in the military. And then after, after the military, I was looking for places to go to school. And um, I decided to stay here and go to school up at Weber State. Weber State, great, great, great. Me That's too. right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I wanna go back to your aunt for a minute because I mean, like we, I feel like we have to acknowledge her um, in our community right now, because there's so much good happening from, uh, you and, and disseminating that, that went back to her. Um, tell me, tell me about her and about what it, what it felt like as she started acknowledging your work at that time. At that time, I really, I don't think I really understood what was happening and how powerful it was yeah, I didn't understand how mon monumental it was at that time when I was young. That being said, I can tell you that without knowing how, like, the, the impact that it would have or that it was even having, my aunt was, was and is one of my favorite people in this, this world. You know how easy it is to tell somebody that's good? You know how easy it is to encourage someone? You know how easy it is to to say, you know, like the simplest thing, man, that 
And I'm telling you that I have a personal testimony that something very small as, as someone acknowledging me, right? Like seeing me through the darkness changed my life. And, 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 and I think that's, for me, that's my aunt's impact and legacy. It wasn't profound. It, like what I mean by it wasn't profound, it had a profound impact, but she didn't do anything monumental necessarily, right? She just was kind. And she, she recognized that I needed some, some love, you know? And she gave it to me in very small and simple ways that um, impacted me for the rest of my life. So that's really the story. You, we don't have to do grand things. You know, we can do small things that have a tremendous and great impact uh, within your community, within your neighborhood, and, and even on a very micro level to one person, right? Like you impact one person, that person might go on to become like a senator, right? With a different perspective in life yeah. or a judge with a different perspective in life. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really, that's really the, the takeaway for me is that my aunt is, she, she is, she's one of my favorite people. Um, I love her dearly and I'm grateful for the things that she, she did for me, but really it's just as simple as saying something positive to someone um, that could, that could, that could, um, you know, be the difference between them taking um, a left turn and a right turn. I ha I remember having an experience where I started to realize that there are people in the world that haven't had that. You know, I grew up in a nurturing environment my really my whole entire life, but there are people out there that haven't had someone say, that's really good. And what kind of impact that has on a person. You know, both of my kids um, were adopted. And between the two, we had a, uh, an adoption that, that failed. The, the birth parents were, were young. Uh, the expectant parents were young, uh, high school students in, at Ben Loman and, um, we were getting to know them and they were, they had chosen us to be, uh, their child's parents. And, um, you know, as we got to know them, they, I just found out that, you know, they just didn't have anybody in their life and they had no direction and they had no person telling them what you're doing is great and, and keep going. And, uh -huh. um, and the, 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 the young man was, Someone really, he got, he worked out with me in my garage gym a few times. We played Thanksgiving football. Um, and, and he was so much like me in that uh -huh. he would, um, you know, he had this drive. You could see it, this untapped drive. And he wanted to excel, but he had no one around him to help him. And I realized the only difference between myself and him was my privilege. For sure. And and it really hit me super hard. Long story short, he ended up, uh, they ended up deciding to parent the child and went, you know, into that, back into that environment. Um, and he ended up overdosing like a year later, 16 year old kid. And, you know, so one person, if, you know, I, I think back to that experience and just like, what, you know, if, if there's, if there's one person in that, in his life that could have just given him what you're giving to some of these other kids, how different it all, it all could have turned out. Yeah, absolutely. And it could, and yeah, that's a great story and a tragic um, ending to that story. Yeah. Um, that being said, there is a lesson there, 
And um, you're absolutely right. But it's, it's, what I don't understand um, is I don't understand the reluctancy to do something that's so very easy, right? It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't cost money to tell someone you love them. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. to tell somebody like, hey, to, to, to encourage them. Like, it would be one thing if we were charged, right? <laughs> like every time you do that, right? We're gonna have to, it's gonna be $5 debited from your account. Then, then it's a different thing. But it doesn't cost you a dollar, right? It doesn't cost you anything to be kind to someone. Um, and so it's like the greatest investment the world that we as individuals can make in this world. And it actually doesn't cost us a damn thing, right? It's, it's, there's, there's tremendous like wealth um, and, and return on investment for something like that. And in the world of capitalism and money exchange, we tend to think that like the way to bring value to something, um, the, the way that uh, an investment works is that, you know, like you put money into something and you get something out. Um, and yet there's this, like this truth, this like this, um, what do you, universal truth, right? That even in the world of capitalism, exists, which is you can be kind to somebody and it not cost you a dollar and it have a tremendous return that has a ripple effect that is almost non-quantifiable. Like how beautiful is that, right? That we can do something that has that great of an impact and yet how tragic is it that we are reluctant to do so? So one of the things I want to hear is I want to hear, can you think of any really awesome success stories um, that have come from Nurture the Creative Mind that um, can give our listeners a feel for what kind of impact um, it, it can have? Yeah, I, there's, um, there's a few, right? There's, there's like, we work with a good amount of kids and we do a lot, right? We have a lot right. of uh, touch points. So, um, and it's, it's certainly like, um, like fuel for the tank, um, on a daily, weekly basis in Nurture the Creative Mind, um, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but when I think about like an example, um, there was a group of young ladies that I had the privilege of working with that they were in a treatment center. Um, and they had experienced all types of abuses, um, physical abuse, drug abuse, sexual abuse, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I worked with them for about six months. And it was like once a week for six months. And it was just expression through written word, right? Um, writing poetry or writing a, a short story or however you can like filter your, your, your emotions through the written word. And to see those young ladies, their progress go from uh, feeling as if they were worthless, right? And I, that's what abuse does like to people. Like it makes them question like, why me? Why did this person abuse me? 
I must have been I must have been chosen because I'm not worthy of love, right? It makes you question your own self-value and your own self-worth. And so like we actually put together a book um, of these uh, these young ladies uh, of their poems. And if you see their writing in the beginning, right, where they really are, and I allowed them to be honest and authentic, um, where they are, you know, like, um, what do you call that? They're beating themselves down, you know? Um, they're expressing their lack of value. In their um, own writing? In their own writing. Yeah. And, and then to see them progress, like their writings progress, where they start to write things that are empowering and um, write things about uh, themselves in a positive light. Uh, and then, um, you know, see those young ladies become adults who are completely different than the young ladies that I met when they were, they were kids. And I, and I have to say this just because it seems like a opportune moment to, to fit this in. I believe firmly, I have no like peer reviewed data, right, to prove this. But I believe firmly that um, belief in oneself will determine all success in that person's life. It is the key factor. If you look at somebody like LeBron James, at some point he believed he could be the person he is today. Right. If um, you look at people, um, Barack Obama, at some point he believed in himself. Now, Barack Obama is an amazing individual, uh, one of my favorite um, people of all time. Right. Like in, in history, even though he's still alive today. That being said, I firmly believe that there are Barack Obamas out there that are on drugs. That, that are, you know, doing things um, that are not living a positive life, that are homeless. But at some point, there are things that Barack Obama had that those people didn't. Just like there are things that that young man, that were absent in that young man's life, right, that you're talking about, um, that helped determine to a degree his outcome. And that's why my aunt to me is so very special is because I truly believe that my, like who I am today, like in a large part, like I had to do the work, but if she hadn't stepped in, I have no idea who I would have become and what would my story be. Right. So I believe that like, that's why it's really important to me, the work that I do with these young people if I can get them to believe in themselves, right? Not tell them that they're good at something, not tell them that they're worthy um, of love, but if I can get them to truly believe in themselves, if I can plant a seed of belief, right? Um, I believe I give them a fighting chance to be successful in whatever they do in life. It's not about art. It's not about painting or recording. Whatever they decide to do in life, if I can plant a seed of belief, I believe I give them a fighting chance to be able to do that and accomplish it. And it sounds like what you're, 
trying to accomplish is to get in there and touch, help the individual, touch the individual, help them grow with that self-confidence. And, and by helping the individual, they can then go and, and create more and a better community and, and a better society. So really like imp, you're impacting society by impacting and, and helping the individual. You know, I don't really, I don't lead with that, right? Cause that's like heavy and it doesn't sound <laughs> as cool. You know what I mean? Like that's not as sexy as like, like we do art and we have fun and you know, like we have a recording studio, but yeah, certainly whether we recognize it or not, we are all either making the world a better place or a worse place to exist and live in by our actions. Every single one of us on a daily basis chooses to do something through our decision-making that is completely subconscious, right? The things that we're doing are having an impact, whether we know it or not. And so, yes, I believe like I'm trying to be intentional about my impact on the world. And on and on society, and um, in no way do I believe people are going to remember me fifty years after I die. Um, but I believe that my impact can exist far greater beyond that. Even if I'm not remembered by name, um, I believe that my impact um, can exist, um, you know, on an untold uh, in, in an untold future. Um, and so I, I try to live my life that way. Yeah. And if you follow Amir on social media, you know that he's just an incredibly positive guy and is always trying to find um, something to kind of to lift us. And uh, I, I really admire you about that. I, I wanted, because it is Black History Month, and I, I wanted to dive in a little bit, and, and you're so involved in um, the individual and the community. I wanted to hear from you what it felt like to you um, this summer um, as uh, we're going through this this civil unrest as our community uh, and our nation is um, struggling um, at the intersection of police violence um, and race. And, you know, you live in a really predominantly white community and you're a leader. Um, I'm sure like what, what were your feelings uh, during that time and how you want, how, you know, uh, uh, trying to impact the community during that kind of time? What, what, how, how were you feeling during that time? Conflicted. It was a conflicting time. Um, like it was uncomfortable and it was uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. Um, it was uncomfortable to, to hear the thoughts and perspectives of people you thought were your like friends, right? And um, that cared about, that cared about you. Um, It was, you know, one of the the things that was most difficult for me was to stay positive. It's, I don't think people understand how much strength it takes um, to not go the other route. The other route is easy. And I, I, like, I was really, and when I say the other route, let me be clear about what, what, I'm, what I'm saying. I have a family to protect, right? I have a family to care for. 
And it was a really difficult time to be like the advocate for positivity at a time where I felt like I needed to be a warrior mm. and a soldier, right? Wow. Like it was, it was a very conflicting and difficult time. And this is not something that like I would put on Facebook, you know, I'm not a person who's going to share um, those kind of intimate personal details, but it was, it was a difficult time to be positive and to stay positive and not. How did you balance that? Did you, did you, did you speak out at times? Did you, you know, how did you balance that? How did that end up manifesting itself in your life? It was a difficult balance. But this is what this is the thing. If we look at history, there's all types of warriors. There's all types of soldiers, um, and they they're not all um, brandishing, you know, swords and shields and armor. You know, I look at someone like Harriet Tubman was a warrior, right? Malcolm X. And Martin Luther King, they were warriors. Um, Frederick Douglass was a warrior. These are people who stand up in a time of um, challenge and strife, and they decide to fight it right head on. They decide to stand up for what they believe in. Um, that being said, the way that they fight has nothing to do with weapons, the, the physical type of weapons. They fight with their mind. They fight um, through policy, um, through changing things. Uh, um, this is the way that change really happens. Is, is I think that people really discount the power of words. Whether it's written or spoken, wars are a byproduct of words. It's very, it's, it's, it's rarely, like, if we think about, and not, you know, not to get too intellectually and philosophically entrenched in this. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> but if, if, we, if, if, if we look at history, wars have been fought over religion, right? Many wars have been fought over religion based on what? The words that are written in a book. Who, like, is, is Jesus Christ? Is Allah the God? The words are what this, the, are determining. They're fighting over the words, like, and the understanding yeah. of these words, right? But so words actually are the most powerful weapon we have our brain, our intellect, our ability to communicate. This is the thing that is either going to bring destruction or is going to bring peace to our world. It's words. So for me, what I decided to do was work on that level. If I'm going to be a, a warrior, if I'm going to be a soldier, um, be one that is using their mind and and um as a weapon rather than using um an actual physical weapon that was that was my approach i saw that a lot on social media at the time i i remember seeing some of your 
you know, lengthy posts. And, 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 and I was just like, I'm just, I'm, I, all I can do is push the share button and say nothing because it was sad, you know? Um, so I appreciate um, your words during that time. And also, I don't know, Amir, like the level of calmness. I mean, even as you're talking here now, there's like a level of calmness. And, and that's not to say that there's not a place for, um, you know, being on the bullhorn. Uh, you know, we've had Malik on the podcast too. And Malik's on the bullhorn and he's saying, fuck the police. And like, you know, it's not that there's sure. not a place for that. But there's also a place for Amir to have sort of this calm dialogue uh, and thoughtful interaction that I really uh, appreciated. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you bringing Malik up. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Malik. We don't approach things the same, and I'm happy for that. Um, we need, I'm a believer and a fan of diversity, right? Yeah. I cannot reach or communicate um, um, effectively to everyone. Everyone doesn't speak the language that I speak. And everyone doesn't understand, you know, uh, the commu my communication and and, um, and agree with it, you know, like, and so therefore we need other people. We have to have um, this idea that we can't, we can't have diversity in approach is one of the things that I think is a problem. Like, you don't have to be just like me for you to be you and I to be in, in, like effective for the cause, right? Um, Malik is somebody like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I've supported Malik. I've, 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 I've messaged him privately. Um, I've gone to um, rallies that Malik has been a part of. Um, that being said, I, you know, I also run a nonprofit organization, right? For kids in this community. And so there is a certain type of um, understanding that I have to like, like our organization can't be associated with some of the, the his rhetoric, right? Um, but that doesn't mean I don't support him. Um, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm not uh, supportive of the things that he's doing and not just Malik. There's, there's, there's other people in the community that I support. Um, and there was a really good, there was a really cool, movie that came out recently that was like that really helped like validate um helped validate me in a lot of ways my thought process and it was about um malcolm x sam cook muhammad ali and, and jim brown i've seen I that one i haven't seen it yet it's on my list yo it's dope now the reason why i thought this movie was dope was because they didn't all have the same perspective about how to approach the civil rights movement. They didn't agree with each other in certain areas and at certain times. Yeah. Um, and, and they argued and, and had debates, but they still had a brotherhood. You get what I'm saying? Like totally. we have, we, I think that that is something that is missing from our society today. Um, it seemingly is missing that it's either you are 100% with me or you're 100% my enemy. I don't understand that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't, I don't quite get that mentality because 
to be completely straight up and honest with you, there are days that I wake up and I don't agree with myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, like real, like honestly, the thing that I did yesterday, you know, that I was like very adamant about and 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 um, I was strong-willed about. I I go to bed, wake up, and I'm like, man, that was a silly decision. I shouldn't have done that. So I don't know where these perfect people are. You know, I don't I don't know where they are. Where, like everything they've ever done they still agree with. Um, I, I just don't, I, so like, yes, that movie is a great movie. It illustrates the need for us to have dialogue, for us to have differences, um, discuss those differences, debate those differences, but still love one another when we are fighting on the same team. Absolutely. And our, our producer on the back end, Dan's on top of it. He says it's called One Night in Miami and you can get it on Amazon Prime, so. Go check yeah, it out. It's a dope movie. It's a dope movie. Well, I think that was a perfect place uh, to start to wrap this up, Amir, because I loved that concept of, uh, you know, we can have different approaches, but be on the same team and fighting towards, um, uh, and the juxtaposition with you and Malik, I, I just loved it so much because I, I, I believe in both of you and you're just so, I, I so, so such important parts of, of our community, but I want to, uh, uh, I want to know what can we do to help your awesome organization? Um, what can we, what can we do to further your work and your cause? We have a Facebook page and we also have an Instagram nurture the creative mind. Follow us. Um, if you have a young person who is interested in anything uh, under the umbrella of creativity, um, our organization, one of the beautiful things about our organization is that it doesn't cost a dollar period. Any of the programs that we offer, um, any of the projects, workshops are offered 100% without cost and fee free. Um, wow. And so like anybody who wants to be involved can be involved. Um, so yeah, that's a way to support. We also, you know, we have um, the Agna Arts Festival is a fundraiser. So support the Agna Arts Festival. Um, what ages, what, what ages are, are, you, are you, the kids you're looking for? 14 to 18, 19. Um, is awesome. the age group. Oh, uh, man, so a group, yeah, just, of, a group of young involved. people, a group of kids that, that, I mean, they need what you're offering so much at that time, 14 to 18. I, I think about my time during that, that, that time and how much they needed um, help. Amir didn't, didn't say this, but donate um, because I'm sure, you know, they, they do it at that, uh, they have run all these classes at no charge. Uh, they need, they need funds to do that. So I'm sure you can donate to Amir. I've actually seen them. I think there's a link on the, on your website. Is that yeah, correct? There is. Yeah, there is. You can just go to nurturethecreativemind.org and there's a donation link. Awesome. Well, Amir, thanks so much. I learned a lot today. I just love listening uh, to you wax philosophical and uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciated it. it I, I love the work that you're doing, so keep doing it. And that's it for the pod today. Special thanks to Amir Jackson for coming on, sharing with us his amazing mind and inspiring us to just love somebody. You know, ah, I love that so much. Just tell someone that you love them. Tell someone that they mean something to you and this world will be a better place. As always, special thanks to August the Great for our theme music and Decker Yazi for our artwork. 
Dan Martinez, always doing great work back there on producing the pod. Hey, why don't you go out there, smash that subscribe button, share the episode with a friend. I love Amir. He did great work on this one. So get that out. Thanks, everybody. Community Spread is a Deep State Media production. It's produced by me, Kevin Lundell, and directed and edited by Dan Martinez.